This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. I have been extremely lucky on my journey with this podcast to chat with some really amazing people. And new people come to the podcast every week to listen. And so what we want to do with these lessons is take the little golden nuggets, the really important pieces of each conversation and bring them back to life for you. So hopefully it can change your mind, affect the way you think, or potentially give you a solution to a problem you're facing right now. I think that having a routine very early on is super important. And I think we underestimate that. I have friends that are taking the plunge now and they're going and starting their own thing. And it might just be like consulting or whatever it may be based on their skill set from their career. And they are diving into it and they're like, oh, yesterday wasn't really a good day. I didn't really do much. And I remember those days because you don't have the work ethic that you have now like years into it very early on you actually need to train yourself like there were days where i'd wake up and be like what do i do now or like (laughs) you just like actually like don't even get as much done and i look at my days now and i think six seven years ago if amal was looking into the future and thought she doesn't even get a second to breathe that's how back to back my days are but like i think setting that routine is very important because it teaches discipline because as you like move into like becoming your own boss and doing your own thing you're not accountable to anyone but yourself and so you need to build that routine and create that discipline for yourself and the earlier that you do it the more structure you have the quicker you can actually get things done and get to where you want to be so I think that's super important I think also like don't let the trivial things like stop you from like getting to where you want to be but also like who cares like don't be so caught up in like the little things like focus on the bigger picture I think that's super important to um, do your research very early on understand your audience understand your market um, understand your industry so that you can make informed decisions because as a startup you make you base a lot of your decisions based on gut intuition which I think is great but it's what facts say that will allow you to get to where you want to be a lot quicker, but also make informed decisions. And so I think doing research really early on and using data to really drive those decisions, I think is super important too. You able to elaborate on that last point? Um, I love what you said around structure and more importantly, like capacity in a sense, like, you know, in the early days, I can even think back to like my, you know, for myself is like, you think you're doing a lot of work, right? Is that why you were laughing? Yeah, I'm just like thinking back and going like, you know, you think you're doing a lot of work, but you know, if I compare that to now and the things that you fit in your day or the decisions you make and, and the, you know, like your capacity just goes through the roof and you're right. Like you don't, I think it's always that idea of, you know, how do you manage time? And and that's where that discipline and routine comes in. I love what you said around data and, yeah. and marketing. Um, are you, could you elaborate on that and talk about maybe how you guys do it? And Because yeah. um, I feel like, you know, if there's one thing that I have noticed about the company, it is that you're very customer-centric. Yes. Um, and you put a lot of work into understanding that customer, their needs, yeah. um, maybe their, their pain points as well and, and you know, the, the things that they think about on a daily basis. Could you elaborate on maybe some of the best practices that you guys do and how that kind of filters into your marketing and and the business as a whole? Yeah, definitely. I have a recommendation. I know this doesn't answer your question, but I highly recommend the book Hacking Growth because I started to really understand the importance of data, which I did. Like I think that every entrepreneur understands the importance of data. 
but it was not until I read that book that I realized the power of data and how it drives your decisions. And so for me, like in our business, very early on in the business, we would not guess our way into creating things or um, designing things or our next step. It was really, again, we were our first two clients, so we knew what the, the market wanted, but we'd be like, oh, let's add this feature because this is what we want. But then you release this feature, you've spent all this money and then 2% of your users use it. Yeah. And you're like, I just popped 100K on that. So yeah. like, I think that for us, like before we make any decision in the business, we always look at what data is pointing to making that decision. So my team are filled with so many ideas. They're so innovative, they're creative and I love that. And we facilitate a culture that drives that. But when they come to the table and they're like, hey Mal, I wanna do this or I wanna create this product feature or I wanna do whatever, we always go into discovery and we validate before we actually make the investment. So we might do a pilot test, we might conduct user research, we might you know, assess the data that we have available to us, identify the behaviors that are, are proving to validate what we are trying to achieve, and then we'll make the investment in, in capital and resources to get it done. That is the number one rule that we have in the organization is that we don't just make decisions because we feel like it, we make decisions because data is driving that decision for us. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. So. Can you, I, I'm trying to go a little bit deeper here, but <laughs> I, I really love that. Cause I think if I look at not only myself in the early days, but even some of the conversations I have now, I think a lot of companies are actually data poor, mm. right? In the early days, like they, they maybe yeah. don't have these data points or they're not placing importance on having a, you know, um, a system that can track that. So obviously I know that you guys are, you know, quite heavily invested in technology. Yeah. Um, but, you know, even if you're not in that kind of business, I think that's probably where it gets a little bit harder, yeah. you know. Um, but can you explain or give maybe an example of a feature that you guys have actually launched um, or something that you've brought into the business or the technology that has been on the back of, um, you know, maybe some discovery um, or even maybe some some that didn't work and you kind of had to, you know, shift your, your thoughts and, and kind of go in a different direction. Yeah, there's been a few that um, I can think of. We are working on a few right now that have been shaped based on how people are interacting with our platform, particularly with metrics that are important to us because you can look at your data, right, and be like, okay, well, <laughs> What is your most important metric? For us, it's retention. We're a subscription-based company. So we can look and build features that are going to help us acquire more users, but is that going to support retention? Mm. Probably not. So then we will prioritize that those that will actually support our retention metric. Um, one that we're focusing on right now is just bringing recipe, um, like browsing recipes to the forefront of our brand. So you look at socials and people are posting Equalition recipes everywhere. Our community is sharing our recipes. So it's like, how do we then bring that to the forefront of the product so they're interacting and sharing in the app mm. rather than outside the app? And so that's something that we're currently working on. But the biggest feature or I guess shift in product that ever came in the history of the business was when we decided to launch a more, more affordable solution to the market. And that was a huge, huge decision financially but also just risk when it came to the business so when we started the business we offered a very premium coaching experience which meant that the price was quite high and the reason is that you're working with a nutritionist on your journey but what we started to realize that 
the a number of percent of users that were actually using the chat function versus what they valued versus the price point and cancellation reasons were pointing at the same thing, which was reduce your cost to serve and launch a more affordable solution to the market. But that's a really big decision because you cannibalize the current revenue that you have potentially mm -hmm. just to get this new product out. And so we needed to validate our hypothesis. We had a hypothesis that we were running. We needed to validate it. We needed to create a MVP, launch that, look at traction, assess mm -hmm. data before we actually made the investment to be like, okay, let's go. And this has been in the works for two, two, and, a, two and a half years that we've officially gone live on our website. Literally, I kid you not, like a week ago. But it took two and a half years for us to actually make that decision to actually pull the trigger and be like, let's do it. It's, and, and there's been so many phases of that journey where we were, had to keep validating before we're like, okay, we'll invest more money. We'll invest more money. We'll invest more money. Yeah. Can you give insight into that process? Because I think like if – could you imagine you saying that to yourself when you first started your business? Crazy. You'd be yeah, like, um, are, you, are, you, are you for real? <laughs> are you for real? Like, just do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Two and a half years. Um, you but know what, though? Like, a business at this size and as you progress and you have employees that you're responsible for their salaries and just, like, bills that you need to pay as a company, you can't just, like, make decisions because you feel like it anymore because your decisions drive the performance of the business. And if you're not performing because of a bad decision you've made, it has such a big impact. Early on in the company, no one knows who you are. You only have yourself that you need to look for. So you can take greater risks mm -hmm. and not be so driven off data. But yeah, unfortunately, at this stage, you need to be more strategic. What does that process look like from idea to, you know, because you talked about idea, MVP, validation, validation, and then, you know, we can officially actually launch this because I think there's a lot of great insight in that, you know, and what that process actually looks like. Yeah. Can you go into those steps um, and just maybe, you know, elaborate into what that looks like for your company and how you kind of roll out a, let's say, a new feature? Yeah. So for us, how the whole more affordable subscription model came out was we would assess user. We do a lot of user interviews and a lot of user surveys. So again, being in the digital space, you can chuck a survey in at particular points and collect feedback. And then also if someone cancels, you've got feedback. And so we were assessing this and we started to see a trend. It was... I'm cancelling because of financial reasons. And let me tell you guys, people will always cancel for financial reasons. You could be free and they would cancel for financial <laughs> reasons. So yeah. you need more than that, right? And then just from user um, interviews and surveys, they weren't valuing the coach as much as we did. So when we looked at what we were charging for as a company being a high price point, it was, okay, we're charging because you're working with a nutritionist. But people were coming into the program because it was personalized nutrition, enjoying delicious food. So it didn't make sense. What they were paying for and their value perception was different to ours. And so then we were like, okay, well, what does this mean for us? And what are the next steps that we need to take in order to find a solution to solve this problem? How do we then increase retention, but solve the problem of, with, there's a high friction because of the price point. People can't afford to pay this premium price. And we started this business and our vision is to create a world, right? Like keyword world. How can you have that global impact at such a high price point? And so then conducted more user interviews, research, assessed behavior, how people were interacting with the platform. Because what people say they do and what versus they actually, what yeah. they actually do is very different. So you need to use qualitative and quantitative data combined. You can't just rely on one. So we did. Yeah. Sorry, just before you go on, qualitative and quantitative data, great yeah. point. So yeah. 
can you just <laughs> give a distinction between what they are? Because some people might Don't know. Not. Yeah. So qualitative is when you conduct user research. So you're sitting down and you're discussing or you're doing a survey and you say, you know, what's your favorite feature or what would you like to improve or what? how many times do you log into the app? So you're actually collecting data that the user is putting into this form. Quantitative, on the other hand, is measurable uh, statistics. So I'm actually looking at my platform that collects data and it shows me Sarah has logged in three times today. Whereas Sarah may say, I, I logged in, I log in, you know, once a week, but she actually logs in multiple times a day. So people don't always give 100% honesty in surveys. So assessing their behavior through um, quantitative like data collection or like research allows you to really validate that. And I think that they, they have an importance um, in their own ways. Quantitative data is really great to assess behavior. So how are people interacting with your app features engagement? Mm. And then qualitative data is really great to understand how can you improve your platform? What more do people want from this? And so I think that they both serve their purpose, but you need to combine both of them in order to understand what the customer actually wants. Um, there's this book, what was it? it it's called Everybody Lies. Sorry, I read a lot of books, so I'll probably reference <laughs> a lot of books. It's called Everybody Lies. Oh, I don't know if I should share this on the podcast. It's it's very like not raunchy, but like um, so when I read this book, it talks about the importance of data and quantitative and qualitative data. And there was this apparently Google is like if you want to know more about a topic, what people Google search is like will always tell you accurately like just what they want or like what they're interested in. Yeah, because people feel safe. For in, like using Google. Google. No one's watching. No one's watching. Everyone's watching. Have you, have you, have you watched? <laughs> no, have you no I haven't, this? but I can understand the, yeah. the philosophy. 